We find our scripture reading as Kylie shared with us earlier on that today we begin the new series of teaching and preaching. We have just completed last week the six weeks of, of a themed the armor of God with all those uh, different windows of the protection of God. And so today we start and unpacking the book of the Psalms as it is found in the Old Testament. And so, friends, you will know that the book of Psalms is quite a big book that it is divided into the representation of the first five books in the Old Testament the book of Genesis, the book of Exodus, the book of Leviticus, the book of Numbers, and uh, today we are concentrating in this category of the psalm, which we say uh, book five, which is very similar to the book of Deuteronomy, what the book of Deuteronomy invites us to do it invites us to give thanks to God. It invites us to focus to God. And so, um, without taking much of the time, I know that the other preachers will give you the breakdown of the other Psalms that I've already uh, indicated to us from Psalm number one to Psalm 71, which talks and gives very clear message that is contained in the book of Genesis. And so it goes on with the book of Exodus. You hear in the psalmist from Psalm 72 to Psalm, from Psalm, pardon me, the first book is Psalm 1 to Psalm 41, Psalm 42 to Psalm, 40, Psalm, 30, Psalm 72. That talks about and gives clear connection uh, to, to the words and the encounters of Moses with God and every experience of Moses. We find it in the book two. But this morning, friends, I invite us to read Psalm 140, which is in the category of book five, which is Psalm 107 to Psalm 150. And uh, Psalm 107 to Psalm 150 gives clear resemblances of the book of Deuteronomy. As I said earlier on, it is very much concerned about God and about uh, the word of God. I want to read to us this psalm as we unpack a theme of lamentation, a time of crying out to God. We, we hear uh, from the screen, our hearts cry out. And I want to say this morning as we read from this psalmist, uh, the psalmist's heart, heart cries out to God. O Lord, verse 1, O Lord, rescue me from evil people. Protect me from those who are violent, those who plot evil in their hearts and stir up trouble all day long. Their tongues sting like a snake, the venom of a viper drips from their lips. 
O Lord, keep me out of the hands of the wicked. Protect me from those who are violent, for they are plotting against me. The proud have set a trap to catch me. They have stretched out a net. They have placed traps along the way. I said to the Lord, you are my God. Listen, O Lord, to my cries for mercy. O sovereign Lord, the strong one who rescued me, you protected me on the day of battle. Lord, do not let evil people have their way. Do not let their evil schemes succeed or they will become proud. Let my enemies be destroyed by the very evil they have planned for me. Let burning coals fall down on their heads. Let them be thrown into the fire or into watery pits from which they can't escape. Don't let liars prosper here in our land. Cause a great disaster to fall on the violent. But I know the Lord will help those they persecute. He will give justice to the poor. Surely, righteous people are praising your name. The godly will live in your presence. Dear friends, this psalm represents the will of God, and all God's people say, thanks be to God. Come, let us pray. O Lord, our Redeemer, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable unto you. Amen. Having listened to this psalm, it is such a... Um, I would say this psalmist is so angry. Uh, Kylie said the psalms represent the people's expression. And so we find right in this Psalm 140 how this psalmist is so angry and anguished by every plan that those who want to cause pain to him and so, like many of us, in the conversations that we will have with God, I don't think that our conversations are so much different to the conversation that this psalmist have with God. Yes, it is indeed right when we are in pain as those who are in the therapeutic uh, spheres of life will say that it is so healing and therapeutic when you are in pain to express your pain, when you are in sorrow to express the sorrow that you are experiencing, it becomes a part of the journey to healing. When we express our pains, 
when we cry out, when we endure the pain. And so the psalmist here shows very clear marks of being a human being, that this person is so much in pain, and he is pained by knowing the consequences of the ones who are planning to cause so much pain and hurt to him or her. And so the psalmist <coughs> speaks to God, as you find right in the board there, that there is an invitation for us to cry out. That crying out to God, not to cry out to this world, but this morning we are inviting you, friends, to learn and restore, if you have lost, the gift of being able to cry out to God. When you feel the pain, when you feel the sorrow, you've got to cry out to God. And so this psalmist here, the words that he uses are the words of knowing God and of trusting God. You know, when you are in a particular season of lament, maybe you have lost your loved one, and you have lost something in your life, and you immediately pick up that phone call and call and make the appointment with those that God has given them the gifts to listen to the ones who are crying, are in the season of lament. You know, I know that they will either call a minister, call a psychologist, call um, um, a psychiatrist, any person who is in the space of providing therapy. And so the one would immediately, when he or she recognizes that I am in pain, makes the appointment or goes to the one who has a gift to listen. And so the psalmist this morning, as he opens his mouth to God, he knows the capabilities of God. He knows the power of God. That God has the power to heal us. God has the power to listen to us. God has the power to protect us. And so this psalmist, very first verse, acknowledges the knowledge and the trust in God when he says, Lord, Oh Lord, rescue me from evil people. And so this psalmist knows about the evidence. He has the proof of God who is able to rescue us. And so he knew very much that there is a place, there is someone that I ought to go to and actually pour out my heart to. And so we find this psalmist, which is also the representation and is very much similar to how in the book of Deuteronomy we hear about the people of Israel who actually knew about this God 
a God who protects us, a God who listens to us when we are in lament. And so, friends, this psalms is the one like us who are the people of God, whom God has given us senses to be able to see those who are planning the, the, the evil ways or the evil actions against us. And so this psalmist, when you read in the psalm here, you hear very clear that the psalmist is so much aware of the thoughts and the actions that will follow from this, the one who is actually stared into his own heart about doing the wrong things. And so he uses the image of the tongue. And this morning I want to say that as we cry out, we hear from the psalmist describing the powerfulness of the tongue. In verse 4, the psalmist says that their tongues sting like a snake. The venom of a viper drips from their lips. And so the image of the poison that comes from the one whose heart, you know, has been so much stirred, or whose thoughts in his own heart is not the thoughts to actually build, but are the thoughts to distract. And so the psalmist this morning cries out to God, knowing that there are people whose thoughts are so much evil, whose thoughts are so distracting, for you will probably agree with me when I say that the evil thought the evil heart generates evil actions. And so the evil actions begin through the evil thoughts. And so the psalmist is so disturbed. He laments to God for the, for the upcoming destruction as a result of the evil hearts as a result of the tongues that speak a, a, a poisonous language, a language like the one of the venom of vipers, you know, the language of those very dangerous and poisonous snakes. It is not a life-giving language. And so, friends, the psalmist this morning invites us to lament to God when we see, when we, we witness any kind of the speeches, any kinds of the tongues that are poisonous, you know, uh, the image of a tongue, it is such a powerful image because we know in the book of Genesis, when we read the first 41 Psalms in the book of Psalms, we will hear so clear in the praises and thanksgiving and, uh, and giving honor to God by the psalmist, that the tongue, it is the very same tongue, the tongue of God that created. You know, there is so much power in the tongue. It brings life. And so when we do not use our tongues in life-giving ways, we are 
foresaw that we will create a destruction to those that will lay the, our, our words of destruction. And someone uh, would normally say, you know, I would rather be physically beaten than someone uses destructive words from his or her own tongues. And so the tongue has got a special, a special uh, um, uh, effect in someone's life that it penetrates in your being in such a way that you are cut and crushed into pieces by the, de by the poisonous tongue. And so the psalmist this morning laments to God, cries out to God, having seen and witnessed such poisonous tongues. And so, friends, um, in our context, even here in South Africa, um, in our homes, they, we must have come across um, tongues of destruction, things that are said to us that makes us feel so small. Things are said to us that makes us feel so marginalized. Like the, like the psalmist here who actually speaks about those who are unable to defend themselves. You know, the psalmist, when you have the time to read this psalm so closely, the psalmist begs God and laments to God to protect those who are unable to defend themselves. And so when you read even in other versions, you find that the psalmist says that, Lord, protect the poor, for they are unable to defend themselves. Protect the marginalized, for they are unable to protect themselves. And so the call that we find from this psalm, it is a call that is so relevant to us that when we expressed a deep sense of pain that is to take place on others or is taking place on others. We ought to lament to God. And so I want this morning towards the, almost, uh, uh, towards the end of the middle, I would say the middle of the psalm here, the psalmist I personally do not align myself with the psalmist, um, especially from verses 9 when the psalmist, this is just me, when the psalmist says, let my enemies be destroyed by the very evil they have planned for me. I remember Jesus Christ is a wonderful model of a different kind of lamentation. Not the lamentation of this psalm. You know, I, I, I align myself with the other parts of lamentation of this psalmist. But when the psalmist moves away from trusting God and praising God in his own lamentation, you know, if you read from verse 1 to verse 8, you hear you hear verse 1 to verse 7, you hear very much that the psalmist in his anguish, in his sorrow, he praises and trusts God. In his sorrow, 
he praises God. In his lamentation, he praises and trusts that God will rescue him. But I want to take the teachings and the lenses of Jesus Christ from verse 8 until verse 11. Because in verse 8 and verse, until verse 11, you hear very much social standards of lamentation. The ones that we, we generally would align ourselves with. To say even when we pray like this psalmist, Lord, may that which they want to happen to me happen to them. Put them into the pain they wanted for me. And so in Calvary, Jesus Christ changed the mindset. You know, this psalmist, <coughs> I said earlier on, we are not too different from the psalmist here. And very much on verses 8 to verse 11. And I want to suggest this morning that verse 8 to verse 11, let us not align ourselves with what the psalmist is saying. Rather, let us align ourselves, having lamented to God, having expressed and cried out to God and said, this is how much we are pained, but we should be like Jesus Christ and say, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. For Christ on the, on the cross while he was lamenting looked at what those who were, the, who were his persecutors were doing to him. Jesus Christ was not like this psalmist. He never prayed and pleaded to God that destruction should come over the people who were persecuting him. Instead, Jesus Christ, as he lamented in agony, he actually asked God to lift those persecutors and those with the evil thoughts out into his hands of glory. And so, friends, this morning, as we encourage us to lament and cry out to God, and so as we cry out to God, Let's not cry out in such a way that we even declare and ask God and say, God, put them into such a, a painful pit. Instead, we should be like Jesus Christ when he lamented. For we are people of grace. Earlier on in baptism, we declared that we are not even worthy we are not even worthy to be included in this gift of grace of God. That, you know, as we baptize children, is saying that, that they may die into sin and rise with Jesus Christ and born into the newness of life. And so Jesus Christ on the cross, when he lamented, he prayed that we may die to sin. And be, and be raised into the newness of life and be born into the newness of life as we are raised with Jesus Christ. And so in whatever kind of 
lament that you have. Whether maybe your business partner has caused you to be on sequestration or liquidation because he or she was doing something that was not right. And so this morning, I invite us as Jesus Christ invited us, not like the psalmist from verse 8 to verse 11 expresses himself in saying that now that you have done so much ill in the business partnership we were together, I pray that even in this venture where you are an own shareholder, that it may die in the way in which you have caused destruction in the other business. Instead, your prayer should be, Lord, forgive him or her. For he or she does not know what he was doing in that business partnership. And so, friends, it is good for us to lament. It is good for us to grieve. And I pray this morning that the living God will continue to give us a spirit of lamenting like Jesus Christ, not lamenting fully like this psalmist. In the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come, let us pray as the worship team comes. I did not observe the time. Loving and gracious God, we thank you for knowing the experiences of your people that in our places of lamentation we can come to you. Thank you, Lord, for ensuring us as we try to be righteous that you will comfort us and rescue us. Rescue, mighty God, the people in this church and those who are listening on Zoom and those who are listening in other forms of social media. That, oh God, may you as the one who is the owner of rescuing to rescue people from hurts and wounds of this world. In the name of you, God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.